Good morning, everyone. Welcome to the Village Church, where our mission is to know Jesus, to enjoy Jesus, and to glorify Jesus. Our vision is broken people coming together to embrace and extend Jesus' love. Scanning the QR code located in the front of the worship guide allows you to connect to all online information about the church, the giving of tithes and offerings, along with our social media platforms, all in one place. Guests, please click the menu item for first-time guests. At the Village Church, we believe that the giving of tithes and offerings is an act of worship. You may give to the vision and mission of the church online, or you may mail a check to our address, which is 2103 Virginia Boulevard, Huntsville, 35811, or after the service, you may drop your offerings off in the designated area in the back of the sanctuary. Today, after the service, the adults will have their first evangelism training with Kyla Couch and Noah Prost. They will be leading the training. At 2 p.m., the women of the church will meet at the Orion Amphitheater for the food trucks at the Katura Fest Market. As far as this week's schedule, on Monday at 8.15, the Pierce Men's Group uh, meet in the church house. Tuesday, September the 19th at 5.30, the women's fellowship, there's women's fellowship and study and also in the church house. Uh, on Wednesday in the church house as well at 5 p.m., the Goodson Men's Group will meet. Thursday, September 21st at 7 a.m., the Shipman's uh, Men's Group meet at Just Coffee. Friday, September 22nd at uh, Panera at Bridge Street, uh, the O'Neill's Men's Group will meet. Sunday, um, we have worship service, of course, and, and it's Future Sunday. At 11 a.m., there will be the kids. The kids will have stay and play, and the Goodson Village Group will meet in the church house. Beginning on October 15th, uh, we will have our Enter the Village classes. There are four sessions that teach you about our church's beliefs and how we function. Upon completion of the class, you may join the church if you desire, but it is not required. If you're interested in signing up, there's a sign-up sheet in the foyer, or you can email Cynthia at enterthevillage.net. And those are our announcements for this morning. Good morning. One of the um, one of the things that we regularly pray around here is for the spirit to move, and uh, if he doesn't move, he doesn't do it. It won't get done. I'm quoting a kind of famous person in saying that, but. Um, that, that has been a regular prayer for us here. And so this song is that prayer. And um, I just invite you to um, this morning, morning meditate 
on the word. If the chorus says, move in this place today, this is my one desire that you would have your way. Touch me, Lord, and I won't be the same. Move in this place. And I know um, that is our desire for the Lord to move, for him to touch us, for him to heal us, for him to bless us, for him to um, preserve our lives according to his word, as the psalmist says in Psalm 119. So just take this song this morning and and meditate on um, the words. Where the spirit of the Lord 
called to worship. It is from um, Psalm 28, verses 6 and 7. Please join with me where it says, people. Blessed be the Lord, for he has heard the voice of my pleas for mercy. The Lord is my strength and my shield. In him my heart trusts, and I am helped. My heart exalts, and with my song I give thanks to him.
You may be seated. Pray. Let's pray. Father God, we come to you humbly once again to say thank you for being our God. And thank you for choosing us to be your people. Father, we're so grateful for this moment that we have to gather together as like-minded believers and declare that you are worthy of the praise and the glory and the honor and the adoration forever. You are the lamb, the only lamb who was worthy to be sacrificed for us because you chose us to be your people. So, Father, we come to you humbly with praise and thanksgiving in our hearts because of all that you've done for us, not because we've earned it, not because we deserve it, and not because we can work hard enough to gain it, but because you love us so much that you would be willing to give your son to die for our sins. So thank you, God, for being a good God, for being a worthy God, for being a glorious God for being the God who we can proclaim is worthy. It's this and all things we pray in your son Jesus' name. Amen. Now for our confession of sin, which comes from 2 Kings 22, verse 17. It says, Because they have forsaken me and have made offerings to other gods, that they might provoke me to anger with all the work of their hands, therefore my wrath, will be kindled against this place and it will not be quenched. Let's take a moment to confess our sins. now for our assurance of pardon, which comes from 1 Thessalonians verses five, uh, uh, chapter 5, verse 9. For God has not destined us for wrath, but to obtain salvation through our Lord Jesus Christ. Amen.
Our scripture today comes from Mark 5, verses 21 through the end of the chapter. It says this, And when Jesus had crossed again in the boat to the other side, a great crowd gathered about him, and he was beside the sea. Then came, out of, um, then came one of the rulers out of the synagogue, Jairus by name, and seeing him, fell at his feet and implored him earnestly, saying, My little daughter is at the point of death. Come and lay your hands on her so that she may be made well and live. And he went with them. And a great crowd followed and thronged about him. And there was a woman who had a discharge of blood for 12 years and who had suffered much under many physicians and had spent all that she had and was no better, but rather grew worse. She had heard reports about Jesus and came up from behind the crowd and touched his garment. For she said, if I touch even his garments, I will be made well. And immediately the flow of blood dried up, and she felt in her body that she was healed of her disease. And Jesus, perceiving in himself that power had gone out from him, immediately turned about the crowd and said, who touched my garments? And his disciples said to him, you see the crowd pressing, pressing around you, and yet you say, who touched me? And he looked around to see who had done it. But the woman, knowing he had, knowing what had happened to her, came in fear and trembling and fell down before him and told the whole truth. And he said to her, Daughter, your faith has made you whole. Go in peace and be healed of your disease. While he was still speaking, there came out of the ruler's house someone who said, Your daughter is dead. Why trouble the teacher any further? But overhearing what they had said, Jesus said to the ruler of the synagogue, Do not fear, only believe. And he allowed no one to follow him except Peter and James and John, the brother of James. And they came to the house of the ruler of the synagogue, and Jesus saw a commotion, people weeping and wailing loudly. And when he had entered, he said to them, Why are you making a commotion and weeping? The child is not dead, but sleeping. And they laughed at him, but he put them all outside and took the child's father and mother and those who were with him and went where the child was, taking her by the hand and saying to her, Talithi kumai, which means, little girl, I say to you, arise. And immediately the girl got up and began walking, for she was 12 years of age. And, and they were immediately overcome with amazement. And he strictly charged them that no one should know this and told them to give her something to eat. This is the word of God. Thanks be to God. Thank you. 
power, a fountain filled with blood, drawn from Emmanuel's veins. And that blood would never, ever, ever, ever lose its power. But do you believe it? Do you believe it? Turn to your neighbor and say, neighbor, God loves you. And he likes you. Amen. Amen. If You Fall is an animated short story about a a little eight-year-old girl named Lila who struggles to find balance while riding her bicycle. So her dad helps her by holding onto the, the bike uh, the back of the bicycle as she pedals. And one day dad decides to, to let go uh, of the back of the bike and, and Lala is doing it. She's pedaling, she's riding, she's balancing as, as she rides, but then she senses dad is no longer holding onto the bike. She turns her head and says, Papa Daddy says, Come on, you can do it, Lila. She panics and then she crashes into some bushes, leaving uh, some bruises on her arms and on her legs. So, so mom and dad have to nurse her back to good health. And, and the story ends with dad saying to saying, Lila, you'll never learn until you try. If you fall, remember, I'm here for you. This short story is about taking risks. It's about doing a frightening task even though it's a little scary. Like learning how to ride your bike, sharing your faith, like sleeping along in the dark without your parents, learning to drive, or having that hard conversation with a loved one. Today we're going to be introduced to, to someone like Lila, to someone who decides to take a risk. She's introduced to us in, in Mark chapter 5, verses 24 through 34. So if you have your Bible, if you haven't already, open it to Mark chapter 5. I've titled this sermon, A Suffering Woman. A Suffering Woman. A Suffering Woman uh, takes risks to come to Jesus. Now join me in asking the Spirit to bless the preaching of the Word. Holy Spirit, as we sung about earlier, we ask that you move in this place. Not just in this physical building, but into our hearts and in our minds. Because apart from you, we have no understanding of Scripture. I don't care how many degrees we have, or how many titles are in front of our name, or how many books we have read, or conferences we've been to, or YouTube videos that we watched, or, or who we follow. If you don't move, we have no understanding of Scripture. We do not. And so we come with humble hearts and we ask you to, to help us, um, to have, give us the understanding that we need. That you know what we need. You know the word that we need to hear today. And I pray that you'll give it to us. And then you will give us the power to apply the truth to our life. That it will not go in one ear out the other. That it will not fall onto dead hearts. So, Holy Spirit, will you do this for Christ's glory and for our good? It's in his name that I pray. Amen. The Gospel of Mark 
introduces us to a suffering woman who decides to take a risk. She's, she's a risk taker and maybe even a little dangerous. Mark doesn't tell us her name, so we're just going to call her Lila instead of woman. Okay, We're going to call her Lila. Lila lives with a serious medical condition. Serious medical condition. Some of you may know, may know that, or someone you may know someone who lives with such a condition, or you may be someone who has that type of condition. Lila's problem is described as a discharge of a flow of, of blood. She has a, an abnormal vaginal bleeding, which is bleeding between a monthly period or an extremely heavy period. It's like her monthly cycle never stops. One professor says, the very nature of the woman's illness is that her body lacks the appropriate boundaries and unnaturally leaks its contents into the world. Lila's body constantly leaks blood. It's been leaking blood for a decade and two years. That's 12 years of blood. That's 144 months of, bleed, of bloody clothing. That's 4,383 days of bleeding. There's 105,900 hours of blood, blood, and more blood. With no access to modern-day sanitary napkins. Using whatever cloth she can find to suck up the blood. So imagine what she may be going through. And some of you can because you may be living with a medical condition. Or you, you can because you may know a loved one who has a serious medical condition. It's the physical pain, the emotional distress is a burden, the mental toll beats down your soul. The body is fragile and weak. And yet Layla has not, Layla has not rolled over. Hasn't given up hasn't quit. She sought professional medical help during her 12 years of suffering from one doctor office to the next. Got a third and a fourth medical opinion. Visited the health clinic, the urgent care, in and out of the ER, up late at night reading WebMD. She's endured all kinds of uh, prescriptions and, and treatments and cures from, from many medical professionals. Drink this medicine. Change your diet. Take this shot. Swallow this pill. Use this cream. Wear these kinds of clothes. Go to bed at this time. Do these workouts. All the doctor's orders have been followed without a cure ever being found. And not only that, all those orders have made her illness Mark says, she has suffered much under many physicians. It was no better, but rather grew worse. Lila has exhausted all of her financial resources trying to find a cure. Spent all she had. Money flushed down the toilet. No more funds in that health care savings account. Insurance company isn't going to pay for one more treatment. Medicare, Medicaid claims denied. Disability, Social Security, insurance aren't enough to cover their expenses. No more vacation days left. May have to go on short-term disability. Modern medicine isn't working. Can't afford to pay for the prescriptions. Can't call in again late for work. May lose my job. Not getting better. Sickness is still here. Loss of energy. Mental and emotionally tapped out. What can be done? Maybe some unconventional treatment. 
Maybe you can create a, a bridge care account or a GoFundMe account. Those modern-day options are not available to her. They are to us. She's at the end of her rope, at the end of natural options. Life is gloomy. Life is dark. The first Monday night football game this season was between the New York Jets and the Buffalo Bills. This was, there was a lot of news around this game because of the Jets' new starting quarterback. The team secured Aaron Rodgers this summer in a trade with the Green Bay Packers. Jets fans and the organization, they were excited about this NFL season. But they had one of the greatest quarterbacks to ever play the game on their team. Players and fans were thinking, we going to the Super Bowl. But on Monday night, all those dreams, all those aspirations fell down like a house of cards. Aaron was hurt four plays into his debut game with the Jets, a season-ending Achilles injury. In an Instagram post on Wednesday, he wrote, I'm completely heartbroken, moving through all the emotions, but deeply touched and humbled by the support and love. Please keep me in your thoughts and prayers as I begin the healing process today. The night is darkness, darkest before dawn, dawn, I shall rise it again. Like Aaron, the, the night is darkness before dawn. Lyra, and she will rise out of the darkness because there is another option available to her and to you and to me. You see, stories about a man from Nazareth reaches her ears. She overhears reports uh, about this man's uh, ability to work miracles. She, she hears through the grapevine that he even has the power to heal sick people. So one day she hears that this man is in her community. What to do? Hope is here. Dawn is here. Obama's in Gilead. Jesus can help. He can fix it. But oh no, my flow of blood. I'm unclean. I risk being exposed if I try to meet him. Then my neighbors would know the embarrassment. I might lose relationships. I might be excommunicated from my spiritual community. I might get counseled. Internal struggle. Should I go? Should I stay? A decision has to be made. TVC Saints, it's risky. This is a risky decision for Lyra. She could lose connections with the people in her community if she goes. How often have you read something where people of saying, I feel like killing myself or I feel depressed because I've lost thousands upon thousands of Instagram followers, not knowing where these people live and not knowing where they are from. But Lila decides to risk those human connections in order to see Jesus. She decides to risk it all for a chance to be healed of her suffering. So she gets dressed, not to impress but to go unnoticed by others. She heads out to find Jesus, and, and after arriving, she sees a great crowd following him and pressing up against him. And for her, that's a great opportunity. You know why? Because she can dip in and out of the crowd unnoticed. Because there's a lot of people. It's like, it's, like a lot, it's like being at a Beyonce or a Taylor Swift concert. People are shoulder to shoulder. They're touching and bumping into Jesus. 
as he tries to make his way through the crowd. The great multitude, that's what she ordered, because that's what the doctor ordered. She hides in the crowd, be unseen, remain anonymous and, and unnoticed. So she sneaks into the crowd, weaving in and out, touching people, bumping into them, nervous but yet determined, scared but risking it all. And she repeats the same phrase to herself over and over like a confession of faith. If I touch even his garments, I will be made well. She weaves in and out of people saying, if I even touch his garments, I will be made well. She creeps up behind Jesus saying, if I just touch his hem of his garment, I would be made well. She kneels down behind him saying, if I touch the fringe of his garment, I will be made whole. She does it. She touches the fringe of his garment. And TVC Saints, everything that happens next, it happens at the exact same time. It's spontaneous action. Not, it's not done in stealth. Two things happen. Two things happen immediately as she touches the hem of Jesus' garment. Immediately, the flow of blood from her dries up, and immediately the power flows from Jesus. It takes place at the exact same time in an instant. Not in stages. Not in steps. Immediately, Lila feels in her body that she is healed of her disease. The Greek noun that's translated disease is admastrix, and, and it means whip or switch. It can also mean torment, torture, suffering, or misery. Her illness is like a whip that has been beating her down for 12 years. Can you relate? Physically beaten down, emotionally beaten down, mentally beaten down. But now, sick and tired of being sick and tired is over for her. Why? Because immediately, no more torment. Immediately, the torture is over. Immediately, her body is eternally healed, completely restored. The illness is dried up like a prune. And simultaneously, while perceiving in himself power has gone out of him, Jesus turns around in the crowd and says, Who touched my garment? He stops in his own tracks, y'all. He appears to be passive and, and clueless to what has happened in this crowded space. Is that really the case? Is power stolen from Jesus or is power released by Jesus? Does divine power have control over Jesus or does he have control over the divine power? He has control over it. Because when you go back into Mark chapter 4, at the end of Mark chapter 4, what does that show you? Jesus had the power to calm the storm. At the beginning of chapter 5, what does it show you? Jesus had powers of the demonic spirits. And what we're seeing now in this section and with Jairus' daughter is that Jesus has power over bodily sickness and Jesus has power over death. He controls the power. The power doesn't control him. 
Jesus, y'all, is like us, but he's also other than us. Please don't reduce him too far down to our level. He, he don't only know someone has touched his garment. He knows the exact place in which the garment was touched. <laughs> the exact spot that it was touched. He knows that person had touched the hem of his garment, even though his back is to that person. He is, and if he knows all of that, then guess what else is true? He knows who did it. In verse 32, Mark tells us that, that Jesus, he keeps looking around the crowd to, to, to see who done it. The, the Greek participle that's translated who done it is feminine. And this may indicate that Jesus knows it was a woman who touched him. He knows it is lighter. So the question in verse 32, 31 isn't about Jesus' lack of knowledge or passivity or cluelessness. It's not even a question for the disciples. Who doesn't even understand why Jesus asked us a question? Think about it. The question comes out of left field. It's an odd and strange question to ask given their current situation. Disciples are like, really, Lord? Really? Is that what we're doing today? Really? Are, 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 you, are, are, you, are you seriously asking that question? Look around you, Jesus. You see all the people pressing against you? Everybody and their mama touching you. Remember, the question isn't for them. Just like every question you hear isn't for you. Just like every post on Facebook doesn't need your opinion. Just let it go. Let it pass you by. The question is for Lila. It's for her to reveal herself. He's calling her forward. He's calling her out of hiding. For the miracle is to be publicly revealed. It isn't to be kept a secret. She isn't going to be able to sneak out of the crowd without being seen and, uh, and noticed. She creeped in, but she is not going to creep out. And certain emotions rises up inside of her. The same ones that, that private people feel when they put on the spot. If you're a private person, you put on the spot, what emotions do you feel? Yeah, you know, but you don't like it. The same emotions a person feels when they know their personal business is about to be publicly revealed. Her neighbors are going to know what she's been hiding. She took a risk to come here, hoping to remain unseen and, and unnoticed, but now she's been called out into the open, called to come, to come clean in the middle of a bunch of people who live in her community. Real fear. She's afraid. And as a result, she starts trembling. Y'all. The internal fear manifests itself in physical shaking, shaking like a leaf, for she knows the question is for her. You ever been in a place when someone is talking, you're like, is this person talking to me? How do they know that? I haven't shared that with anybody. That's what she's feeling. He's asking me that question. And knowing what has happened to her, she comes forward in fear and trembling with all eyes on her. No creeping up on Jesus this time. It's face to face now. 
she comes and falls down before Jesus. Then, then it says she tells him the whole truth, not half the truth or pieces of the truth. I mean the whole truth with all the details. She goes around the world and back, telling Jesus everything that had happened. And in the midst of the crowd, Jesus stops and listens to understand. No interruptions. No rushing her to finish. Don't push her to get to the point. He is fully in the moment with her, fully present with her as she tells him the whole Been 12 years of bleeding, Lord. Treatment for many doctors. I've exhausted all of my financial resources. And in the end, I just ended up worse. So testimony. I hear the reports about you, about what you've been able to do, about your miracles, your healings. And I decided to take a huge risk to come see you. I dressed to, to hopefully go unnoticed, to come in and come out. I creeped into the crowd. Yes, I snipped up behind you. And, and she tells Jesus, I came because I believed if I could just even touch the hem of your garment, I would be healed. This is faith. Trusting and depending on Jesus. She touched Jesus in faith. Look at verse 34. Jesus says, daughter, your faith has made you well. Go in peace and be healed of your suffering. TBC Saints and guests, for Jesus, evangelism is not just about spiritual needs, but it's also about felt needs. Do you care about the felt needs of unbelievers or just their spiritual needs? Because no, Jesus doesn't just care about your spiritual needs. He cares about your felt needs too. Listen, y'all, Lila is spiritually and physically healed by Jesus. She leaves with peace with God, peace with herself, and peace with her own body. Notice what he calls her, daughter. Not woman, not a woman, daughter. No longer a stranger who has to creep around in the shadows. No longer an unclean person who has to hide, but a beloved daughter. If you have saving faith in Jesus today, then you are also a beloved son or a beloved daughter. Do I need to pull out the sign? You, if you have faith in Jesus, you are not the help. You, are, you don't live outside. You are beloved. A beloved son, a beloved daughter, all day of your life, 24 hours a day, 365 days a year. That is who you are, regardless of your sin struggles. Y'all going to make me cough. <coughs> That's who you are. Even when you don't feel like it. Even when the world tells you differently. Even when you're struggling. It doesn't change the fact that your adoption can't be overturned. You would never, ever, 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 ever be an orphan again. Ever. Ever. Jesus cares about you holistically. Okay? 
holistically. Young people, Jesus cares about you holistically. Not just one part of who you are. Not bits and pieces of who you are. He cares about your spiritual needs, your physical needs, your mental needs, your social needs, your emotional needs. But do y'all believe? Rejoice! Shout! Dance like David danced if you believe it. Come on. You get more excitement in the sporting event. But coming and, and realizing who you are in Christ, that doesn't excite you. That doesn't move you to praise. There's an African-American spiritual that says, tell me how you feel when you come out of the wilderness. Tell me how you feel when you come out of the wilderness leaning on the Lord. Did you feel out shouting when you come out of the wilderness? Did you feel like, feel like shouting when you came out of the wilderness, leaning on the Lord who died on Calvary? Look at the table before you. This table is a reminder that you did not bring yourself out of the wilderness. You were rescued out of the wilderness because you were lost. Jesus found you. That's what this meal is a reminder of. It's a, and it's a reminder that it's through his life, through his death, and through his resurrection that you have been found, that you're no longer lost, that you are now beloved. And if you have saving faith in him, he invites you to come and partake of this meal today with joy and maybe with shouting, if you want to shout. But there is a warning. The word says, whoever therefore eats the bread and drinks the cup of the Lord in, in, in an unworthy manner will be guilty concerning the body and blood of Christ. So examine yourself before you partake of this meal. And if the spirit is saying, let the elements pass you by, let them pass you by. So I'm not the Holy Spirit. I can't be your Holy Spirit. But he lives in you if you're a believer. Listen to his voice. Friends and neighbors, if you do not profess faith in Christ, thank you so much for being here. It's an honor to have you here. And if you have questions about what it means to come to faith in Christ, please see me or one of the elders, deacons, or women shepherds after the service, and we will share with you the good news of the gospel. Adults, we ask that you, the kids, reap you abstain from the elements until they have been invited to the table by, which, by the church that you are a member of. Now, can I have all the attention of all the TVC kids and youth? Give Pastor Alex your attention for a moment. This meal is a reminder that Jesus loves you. Okay? That's what this meal is a reminder of. And as your pastor, it's my prayer that each and every one of you would come to faith in him, and then you will be able to partake of this meal with your church family. And no one has ever taken me up on this offer, and so I'll say it again. If you have any questions about faith or church or Jesus, your parents have my number. We can talk about it. I can take your DQ. We get ice cream. We can sit down and talk about it. At least come for the ice cream. So you might not have any questions. But I'm your pastor too, is the point. And I'm here to serve you as well as I'm here to serve the adults. Now let us go to the Lord and ask the Holy Spirit to bless the Lord's his meal.
Lord Jesus, Spirit, I pray that you know the things that we came into this space dealing with. You know what they are. And I pray that you will supernaturally use these common elements to minister to those places, to minister to the emotional issues, the mental stress, uh, the co internal conflict, but like, give us what we need, courage, boldness, assurance. Give us what I need. Give us what we need. Use this meal to bless your people, your beloved. It's in Christ's name that I pray. Amen. The Lord Jesus, on a night in which he was betrayed, he took a hamburger bun and he broke it, gave it to the disciples and said, this is my body which is for you. Do this in remembrance of me. If you want prepackaged elements, the elders will have those available as well.
Christ's body broken for us all. Heal us all of us. In the same manner, he took the cup. And having given thanks, he gave it to his disciples, saying, This cup is the new covenant in my blood, which is shed for many for the remission of sins. Drink from it, all of you. Beloved sons and daughters, this is Christ's blood shed for all your sins, past, present, and future. Drink from it, all of you. Will y'all please stand as we sing our closing song? After this song, we will have a ministry moment, and all that, that will, the live feed would end also at the end of the song.